This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Grand Lighthouse Coffee is the e-commerce business that sells certified organic fair trade coffee, either whole bean or grinded. Chemicals do not touch the beans, and the farmers who grow the green coffee are paid and treated fairly. Coffee beans are made to order so you will get freshly roasted beans no later than seven days after being roasted. Grand Lighthouse also provides memberships for families and businesses depending on how much coffee you purchase per month. For more information and updates, follow like them on Instagram, Facebook at Grand Lighthouse Coffee or visit their website at GrandLighthouseCoffee.com and don't forget to use your promo code EastWest to get 10% off. Scouts over relied on heavily when evaluating talent. Teens should be drafting for the future and not just immediate needs. It all starts with the quarterback position. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast with Jerry Martinez, Kendall Whitley, and now here is your host, Fidel Barraza. Thank you for listening to the East-West Football Podcast. I am your host, Fidel Barraza. And on tonight's episode, we will be talking to our AFC West insider, Terrion Rogers, our AFC North insider, Stephen Patrick, and we will continue our power rankings. We hope you enjoy the show. 20-yard penalty, a first down, first and goal, pass, open, touchdown, Kelsey, Chiefs are back in it. Here's Carr, Broncos rush for some pressure, zips it in there, and it's caught. It's Tyrell Williams, and the Raiders strike first. Going. New off with the third down and 12. And throws it in, caught for the touchdown. Crab by Fant. Up throwing inside the five, caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. Our first guest is our East-West Football Network insider for the AFC West, Terrion Rogers. Terrion, let's go and get started. So let's talk about the AFC West. So obviously we have the Super Bowl winning champion, Kansas City Chiefs, Las Vegas Raiders, Denver Broncos, and Los Angeles Chargers. What's your overall view of this division? Man, so far, uh, it, it seems like everybody really just, it, it's, it's almost in competition with the Chiefs. You know, uh, the Raiders got faster, Denver's gotten faster, Chargers gotten faster, and I think teams really this year want to have that track meet with the Chargers. You know, so they're, it seems like they're trying to match speed for speed within that division. You know, um, there's a lot of big key acquisitions now in the AFC West. You know, you got Henry Ruggs coming for the Raiders, you know, on, on the offensive side of the football. Um, they added a lot of key pieces on defense with Corey Littleton, Nick Kiwiowski, some good pass rushers, some good secondary help with Demarius Randall. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, wanting to slow down the Chiefs and wanting to keep compete with the Chiefs. You look at the Broncos, you know, the Broncos, they, they added Jerry Judy this offseason, made some solid trades with A.J. Boulier. Um, they got the defensive tackle. I'm slipping on, I'm blanking on his name from the Titans. Um, I think it's Jarrell Casey, I think his name is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jarrell Casey. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these teams are just really trying to compete with the Chiefs. And then can't forget the Chargers. You know, we are our, our own very own Kendall thinks that uh, Justin Herbert might take them all the way, you know. So <laughs> so we got to we got to we got to see what they are. But, you know, the Chargers are always a talented team. You know, like you you can never really sleep on them. They're going to be on hard knocks coming up. And they're always talented. But the thing with the Chargers is it's always health. So if they can stay healthy, you know, um, they get Derwin James back. Some of these guys back, they get they, they get Hunter Henry back. So if they can really just stay healthy and 
you know, they and and they get consistent quarterback play. You know, they should they 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 could make a run. And, and they 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 rebuilt their offensive line, getting Brian Bulaga and Trey Turner. You know, so I think it's going to be a pretty competitive division. Like the Chiefs, they continue to run the division, but it should be competitive. It really should be competitive with all the talent and, and influx of people that have come in. So, you know, I think it's going to be a pretty tight knit division. I really do. Who do you feel has most improved during the off season? I would say the Raiders because the Raiders, they had over $50 million to spend this off season. They spent every penny of that, you know, like I mentioned before, some of the names they got with Littleton, with Kiwowski, um, some veteran leadership with Witten. They got a new coach, even the line coach of Rod Marinelli from, from the Cowboys. A guy that I would keep an eye on if you're a Raiders fan that they picked up was Malik Collins, who, um, He's one of the, the best three techniques in the, in the, in the, in the, I mean, in football, you know, he, he's always wreaked havoc in the middle. And that's one of the, the, the areas that the Raiders really needed to upgrade was their inside pass rush to get after the quarterback. Cause you know, it's never easy to, to, to replace a Khalil Mack and they've been trying to find that, but they've added, you know, last year, uh, the young, the, the young boy, uh, Max Crosby jumped on the scene, you know, um, and we're, we're, we're still waiting for Cleveland Farrell to, to kind of to round in the form, but having a guy like Malik Collins that can force, force, force you up the middle makes it a lot better. And the linebackers, you know, they got a lot of linebacker help. The Raiders really never, ever had linebackers. They just always got band-aids like Vontaze Burfick and play, people that just, you know, fixed the wound. But now they actually spent money on the linebacker position and they got one of the best cover linebackers in all the league with Littleton. So I would say the Raiders, and they got the speed on on offense with you know uh, with Rugs and some of the guys that they've added, you know. So I would definitely say the Raiders. Hey, just real quick, I want to get your thoughts on Drew um, Drew Lock. So we obviously know that you know towards the end of the season he started playing really well. Uh, they did you know pick up some wide receivers in the draft. Um, so they you know that wide receiving core is very young. But what do you expect from Drew Lock coming into this season? Drew Locke, toward the end of last year, he actually, you know, he came onto his own. He went four and one as a, as a starter at toward the end of last year. Um, and really what he really needed was weapons. And I feel like the theme of the AFC West was getting your quarterback some help. And the John Elway did an excellent job of getting him, getting him help. And they got the steal of the draft with Jerry Judy. Everyone said Jerry Judy was the best route runner in the draft. They got him. They, he was able to follow him. You add him with Cortland Sutlin. And um, they, they also got a KJ Hamler from Penn State. Um, a few tight, a few different tight ends. They got Noah, Noah, Noah uh, Fant from. They drafted him last year, and then they they added his college tight end, um, Albert. I can't say his last name, Albert Oka, whatever his last name is, something Wakanda. I don't know. <laughs> if you're watching the show, sorry, bro, but yeah, just just all the weapons that they've gotten from for him, and then they added, you know, some running backs with with um, Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. So it's it's a well knit team, and I expect. And he should have a good season, you know, with all the weapons and everything they've done for him, you know. So, yeah, I expect some good things out of him. Yes. Um, Terry, I want to ask you, I'm going to switch this conversation to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, with Damian Williams opting out due to the whole pandemic that, that, that the whole league and the whole world's in, how much do you think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is going to help the Chiefs this year? Like, what, what, I, do, you think he, what do you think he's going to do, with it, do for them this year? I think he's going to be rookie of the year, personally. Um, I That's said what I that said before. Too. Before Damian Williams even was mentioned that he wasn't going to be out, because the last time you got to think, the last time Andy Reid had a rookie running back, it, it was 
uh, Kareem Hunt, and Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing. And to me, the yeah. thing that I look at with Andy Reid, he drops clues on people that he likes when he drafts them. And he said Clyde edwards helaire reminded him of Brian Westbrook. And you remember all the stuff he did with Brian Westbrook. So he catches, he could catch the ball out of the backfield. He's a, he's a dual threat. I think in college football last year, he was kind of like the Christian McCaffrey last year of college football. Like he led, he, I think he led in like yards per catch and, you know, yards per like it's, rush. It's kind of built, he's kind of built like uh, Maurice Jones drew, but he's absolutely. a little more shiftier. Yeah. He's a little yeah. more shiftier. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, and I think that the rich got richer with him, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a perfect fit, you know? So even before Williams was out, I, I, I was high on Hilaire. I think that's the perfect fit right there. And I think, know, I think he's going to have a big year. Mine initially, I said, Jerry Drew's going to win the rookie year, but now since Damian Williams out, I think Clyde Edwards, he's going to be a day one starter and look mm-hmm. at the weapons they got with Sammy Watkins and Tyree Hill and Demarcus Robinson, Demarcus Robinson. And they got, um, they got McCole Harmon. They got Travis. I mean, you, only, you can't double nobody on that offense. He's going to hit them hoes. going to be so big, so wide open from the ground. I mean, he, he's, he's going to be a nightmare. That Chiefs think offense is going to be a nightmare this year. Think about what they was with Kareem Hunt, though. You know, like, because – and that's why Kareem Hunt was such a beast with that team. Because you, you, can't, you can't put a safety in the box to stop the run because then you got a, you got a track team out, out there, like a legit track team. The, you can't do anything about the middle because you have Travis Kelsey. So the only thing they really needed was a running back to catch the ball out of the backfield. And LaShawn McCoy last year, like, shockingly, like, had 4.7, 4.8 yards per carry and 26 mm-hmm. catches. And he's old. So imagine what you get a younger running back to do, you know, so and, – and he gets the brunt of the work, you know. Uh, they, they also got uh, the, the Raiders' former running back um, – what's his name? Uh, DeAndre Washington there too. So he's yeah. going to be like kind of inside inside bruiser type of back. But outside of that, DeAndre Washington doesn't do anything that Clyde uh, Edwards-Hilaire does. So that guy's going to eat, bro, for sure. Yeah. I, think, I think the same. And another thing I want to ask is like um, – I want to go back to to the Broncos, my lovely Broncos for this year, because I'm all in with Denver this year. Um, Jerry Judy, opposite of Cortland Sutton, and he, we're gonna have KJ, they're gonna have KJ Hamlin in the slot. What do you think Jerry Judy is gonna bring to that offense? And, and the second part of the question is, do you think that's a good, a great fit for him in Denver? And why you think the Raiders, um, why you think Raiders went Ruggs instead of Judy? Okay, so, um, so to answer your questions, I think. I think him and Drew Locke will, will build chemistry because automatically it's because Jerry Judy knows how to get open. And mm-hmm. I'm still – the only question that I have about Denver is their offensive line. I don't, I, don't, I don't trust their offensive line very much. So you need a guy that can get open super quick, and I think that's Jerry Judy. He's one of the best route runners I've ever seen. So yes. his ability to get open will, will help him – you know, will help Drew Locke along the way get open, uh, will help him, you know, get the ball out of his hands. And as far as the Raiders with rugs, Raiders love speed, bro. Like – Al Davis yeah. was in heaven with a stopwatch when, when, when Henry Ruggs ran his 40. So that, that's what they do. They love speed. So, of course, with John Gruden being an offspring of, of the late great Al Davis, like, of course, Henry Ruggs was like a no-brainer. You already knew sitting there when he ran that 4-2, he was going to be a Raider. So I think that's just what it was. It's just speed, bro. Like, and, I, and, I, and, and, and not only that, the Raiders wanted their version of Tyreek Hill. You know, mm-hmm. like they wanted their version of Tyreek Hill. And that's I what think – I think Jerry Judy is going to tear this league up. Yeah, I do. I think, I, I think he's going to tear this daggone league up. I don't care if we're in a pandemic or not. He's going to, he's going to tear this league up. He's going to tear it up. Now, I think – Oh, and I told the guys, I said opening day, I, oh, I believe they're, they're, they're in Tennessee or they're home, whatever, wherever they are. They, he's, going to tear, he, he's going to tear this league up. And he's, going to, he, he's going to put the league on notice on Monday Night Football. 
game or week, week one. Um, yeah. Jerry Judy. He's, he's going to check the league up. He's, he's going to start Monday Night Football. I'm he'll a, I'm a big fan of him. He'll have that chip on his shoulder, too, because it, they he slid so far in the draft. Because I, I thought I, he was going. I thought he was going to the Raiders. I thought he was going to the Raiders. I I didn't think he was going to the Raiders. I th- I thought somebody was going to trade up and get him. I thought honestly, I thought he was going to the Jets. To be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, yeah. I thought he would have would have been a Jet, but you know, but the fact that he went that far down, it's I hate that he's going to be in the in that division for <laughs> for the next I, I think, however well, many years because he's a beast, bro. He's going to tear this league up, bro. Pre- appreciate it, man. Oh, of course. Hey, Terry. Of course, it's Jerry. Um. I'll be doing good. <laughs> um, so obviously we've we've been sticking to the AFC AFC West on this theme. Um, so Kendall has a strong belief that Anthony Lynn is going to turn over the keys to the car, so to say, for the Chargers towards the. Uh, I I guess he said after week three, but you know from your you know from from what you've done the work. When do you think we can expect Justin Herbert to actually see the actual field for the char- for the Chargers? Um, to be honest with you, okay, if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic and like if there was an off season, I think that it, it could have been sooner rather than later. But because he's behind that the the, the, the proverbial rookie eight, eight ball, you know, he hasn't been in there to learn the training or any of that. You kind of want a guy that you trust. And the fact that Tyrod Taylor has been with Anthony Lynn for so long, he was with him in Buffalo, he kind of knows the system already, and he was there last year with Steichen, so the new offense. So he kind of he knows everything, where Justin Herbert, there's a huge rookie learning curve. So I think if the Chargers are bad, like if they go off to a slow start, then then you might we can kind of look at Herbert. But then there's I don't know if there's going to be chirping either, you know, because the fans aren't going to be there to say, boo, bring him in, right? So maybe – honestly – if I were to say, like, if the Chargers don't get off to a start and they're just, you know, mediocre, we can see him probably week 10 or week 11. But if it's – but if he's if, – if the Chargers are competitive, I don't think we'll see him until next year until, you know, he's ready, honestly. And yeah. I, I, honestly, I'll be honest. I, I don't see him seeing the field. I, I mean, I know that – you know, I know with Tyrod, I know I know that he's he's – Sometimes, I mean, he, he gets hot and then, like, he gets really cold. And I said that on a previous episode. Hey, but going back to our, our – you were one of our first guests. I mean, you weren't the first, but you were one of the first guests that we had on our podcast. And, uh, man, I think this is episode 41 to be exact. Um, I remember we asked you, right, we asked you, what do you think – or who should draft Tua? I think that was the question that we asked you. you and you had, you had specifically said – if I'm Miami, I'm drafting Tua. Why? Because I have so much draft capital. And uh, if I miss on him, I still have two first-rounders that I can bank on. And uh, I, I don't know. Do you remember? Do you recall that? that I that do recall that. Yep, I do recall that for sure. Now, see, now seeing the, how the draft laid out, I mean, <laughs> it, it's like, I mean, uh, what, what, what do you think now? I mean, like, like. What do you do? You think the Dolphins did the right, uh, made the right choice there? Oh yeah, no, for sure. Um, and and I and I mentioned before, you have Ryan Fitzpatrick there, you have uh, Josh Rosen there. So it's it's even if he doesn't play this year, you don't have to rush him in there. Like you take the best quarterback available, you build around you build around your future. You have a you have a, a quarterback who's older, you know. So when he's ready to just retire, you can just give him the keys. I think it's the easiest transition that there was. Like the I think. 
the Packers situation where they got Jordan Love, that's a little, lot more complicated, like super complicated because you're almost got to rush Aaron Rodgers off the field before he's ready. And you can't do that to Aaron Rodgers where right with the Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's really nothing to risk there. You know, like Ryan Fitzpatrick's a journeyman. He's, he's a bridge quarterback, you know? So I, th- I thought it was the easiest decision that you could make and it was smart and the Dolphins did it, you know? So I wasn't too shocked to be honest with you. No, yeah, I, it was, it was a good, it was a, it was a great call. Uh, I think the the way you put it, I think, I think the way you explained it, right? Because uh, we, we were all rooting for Tua. Tua's probably been one of the most exciting quarterbacks that we've seen in a while, especially in the college scene until Trevor Lawrence came to the picture, right? But I'm just saying, like, overall, I mean, for him to, to take that, that job from Jalen Hurts and then Jalen Hurts transferring, having success at Oklahoma, I mean, we all kind of became fans of Tua and we all wanted him to recover. And we found out today that he passed his physical. So definitely that, that's, that's great news for him. Um, last thing. So, can you tell us what's what's in the future for Terry on Rogers? Um, well, I'm waiting to hear back from the Raiders. Um, I had an interview with them during uh, COVID, the whole pandemic situation. So they're doing a background check on me right now. So waiting for that, waiting to hear the results for that. It's a it's a media relations position, you know. So it's pretty exciting. And just to clarify, I believe I believe you had mentioned that you had you had said that that the uh, Raiders was your dream job, so yeah. to say, right? And I remember yeah. uh, that was what you also said on the podcast. So, I mean, I mean, it, it's it, it's right there that you can taste it, I guess. You know what I mean? So that's that's yeah. that's really good. That's really good. We'll be rooting for you. Appreciate you know, we'll that. be praying for you, man. I mean, I mean, if anybody, I think that, I think if, I, I think, I think if anything, we've, we've, we've actually, I've, I've gotten to know you a lot better. I think that you're very, you know, you you have a, this unique, you have this unique passion and knowledge to the game that that not not many people have, right? Because you know how to bring out. <laughs> sometimes you just know how to you know how to break the ice, and uh, and and that's that's a very unique trait, right? And I think that the NFL needs that. You know what I mean? Because I you know, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just I'm just saying because I've gotten to know you as an individual, as a as a person as a human being and more importantly as a brother. And, and I think that, I think that the, I think if the Raiders don't hurry up and pull the trigger, I mean, you're going to be scooped up by another NFL league, pretty, uh, NFL team pretty soon. So hopefully, hopefully it's your beloved Raiders, right? You wouldn't, <laughs> have, sure. you would, you wouldn't have to move far either. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Not at all. Also, Terry Young, like I said, I mean, we appreciate everything you're doing, doing, doing for the, doing for the family, doing for the East West Football Network. You got your mental job, and you know you got your personal life. You're trying to get hired on the Ray. We appreciate everything, all the content, everything you're putting out, and we're we're super happy to have you over here, with East West. Appreciate you too. I even appreciate you uh, supporting Jared Stidham, bro, because you're probably the only one, and I appreciate that. <laughs> hey, hey, like, hey! I told the guys. Hey, listen, listen! I told the guys. I said, hey, I want to be. Hey, listen, ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong with what I'm about to say. I want to be the first one on that bandwagon when he good. We're getting off topic here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to, bro. I had to do it live, bro. I had to do it live for the grand one time, bro. Real quick, last question. I mean, so we obviously know the Chiefs are the he- uh, heavy favorites to uh, to win the AFC West, right? But what team do you see in that division that that's going to, you know, maybe give them a run for their money? In the AFC? Like, in general? Or AFC West. West. Um, I think, I think to me, 
I kind of rule out the Chargers a little bit. I think the Chargers are very talented, but I, the quarterback, the quarterback race is kind of, and offensive line is kind of to me. Linebackers are kind of to me, but um, I like the Raiders and I and I like the I like the the Broncos. I think the Raiders and the Broncos because the way that they ended, well, the Broncos ended off the season with a lot of momentum, and I like what the Raiders did in the offseason as far as their additions. So I think the Raiders and Broncos they were probably one and two when it comes to offseason acquisitions. They had a strong offseason, so I think. They you, you know what? Just just real quick, I'm gonna go ahead and say the Raiders, and and the reason why is because we've only seen Drew Locke half the season, so we right. really. So now there's going to be teams that are going to be able to watch film, film on him and see yeah. what he likes to play, his tendencies. And I just feel like the Raiders, they have a really great running back in Josh Jacobs, uh, you know, top fight tight end and Darren Waller. I agree. They, 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 they upgraded their offensive weapons. I mean, Ruggs. Brian Edwards, I think for me, was Edwards. still a draft. And I'm oh, a uh, huge fan. Lynn Bowden Jr. guys will tell you. That Lynn too, but but I feel like Brian Edwards, he's going to bring a different dimension to that offense. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I for sure agree with you. But I'm going I'm to tell you why you shouldn't sleep on Denver either is the simple fact that their defense is going to be strong and you get Bradley Chubb back. They they Bradley Chubb was missing last year. So you got the two pass rusher with Von Miller. You got a Terrell Casey in the middle. And then they added Boulier on the outside. So they have a strong defense. Like, I I like their defense and, and, and just – and we've never really seen what Vic Fangio could do Bradley Chubb and Vaughn Miller yet. We haven't seen that yet. So I like Denver. I, I really like their defense. Jerry so, Judy. Denver, here's my prediction. I think Denver's going to have the best defense in the league next year. Wow. That's a big – that's I a really big – that's a bold one, too. I, I will say this. Judy Drew Locke's going to tear this league up for the next decade. Well, okay. Well, hold on a minute, Kendall. But anyways <laughs> – uh, hey, I think, hey, well, I, I, well, that that sounds more believable than Jared Stidham started a quarterback for the Patriots. <laughs> well, anyways, getting back onto subject real quick, I will tell you this: the good thing for the Raiders is that they're actually working on year two. So, as long as that quarterback understands the actual offensive scheme that they're running, it'll be an easier transition as opposed trying to learn it on the first year, right? And I think that the worst time of all is during the pandemic to have a new coach come in and take over your team, right? Because they're going to have to new, learn a whole different uh, philosophy, a whole different offensive scheme. Even though, like, for instance, I, I know that one of the most notable teams is the Dallas Cowboys. They brought in Mike McCarthy, but how much time has Mike McCarthy? I mean, he didn't have no OTAs. He wasn't able to introduce, you know, the, the actual type of offensive scheme that he wants to implement. Or, or, or how do you say it, put in together with what Kellen Moore is doing. So, you know, the Cowboys are behind the eight ball, especially on offense and defense, because now everybody's learning it. The veterans and the rookies are, are learning it at the same time, this new whole uh, offensive and defensive scheme. With the Raiders, they have, they've already had that, that time, especially mm -hmm. Derek Carr, to learn and understand, okay, look, now you're, you're going to see less fights. You're going to see a little bit more action especially right. with all the weapons that the Raiders have added. But I, 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 I would have to also agree the Broncos, they, they do look scary, especially with the additions. I will say this, wide receivers and tight ends, make, they, unless, you're, unless you are Calvin Johnson or Randy Moss, you, you, you generally have a hard time making, you know what I'm saying, a big, big splash noise, uh, especially if you're a, wide a rookie wide receiver in the NFL. So I, no, I, no, I agree. But to kind of echo your Derek Carr point too, like I, I wish Raider Nation would stop saying Derek Carr is the problem because he's really not. You he's know not. It, it's hard to to 
to go through what he's gone through over the last few years. And so when you say continuity and consistency, this is his third year under Gruden. You know, so it's like he hasn't had that at all. You know, you think about all the great quarterbacks, you know, Brady had Belichick his whole career. Aaron Rodgers had McCarthy most of his career. Ben Roethlisberger yep. had Mike Tomlin. Like, all these quarterbacks who were great and Super Bowl caliber quarterbacks, they have, you know, continuity. Carr has had no, no continuity at all. They changed their offense. You know, he when, when Gruden first got there, he was throwing the ball to, like, Jordy Nelson and you, me, and, and Fidel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he wasn't really yeah. throwing it to anybody. So that yeah. – and it's hard, you know, to really have no – you know, and never – all, always leading the league in penalties, never having a top 20 defense. It's it's hard to, to to play from behind all the time. You know what I'm saying? So it's not really his fault. But we're in a, we're we're in that era where if you make a lot of money at the quarterback position, we're just gonna pin it all on you and say it's your fault. You know whether it's fair or unfair. And I always call I always you're a Cowboy fan, Jerry. You'll appreciate this. I always call Derek Carr the Tony Romo of his generation because I think <laughs> Tony Romo was the most unappreciated quarterback ever. And yeah. it's like they blamed him for everything, and it wasn't yeah, yeah. really ever his fault. But they blamed him for everything, right? So, I I, I want I, I really want Derek Carr to really prove himself this year and, and show that he's a quarterback that I know he is, right? Because I I never thought he was the problem. I, I thought that there was a lot of things about the Raiders, but he wasn't the main source of the issues. Maybe yep. it's his brother. Maybe no, it's his brother. You know what? It's just <laughs> I, I, I just look, I thought I'd have a little you're... bit of fun. If you're the average fan, of course you're gonna say, well, the the quarterback's the problem. You know, when the when the team wins, quarterback is because they have a great quarterback. They lose, oh, it's because of the quarterback. So when you really dive into it, you're right. They've really he's never had a consistent core around him. Nope. Hell no. And then when he did, you know, before he broke his leg, he was an MVP candidate. Like he would he, he was won the MVP, right? And so that's what I'm saying. Like you, we've seen right with history. If history repeats itself, right? We've seen if you put a Stable core around him. He had two thousand yard receivers with with Crabtree and uh, Cooper. He was a thirteen three quarterback. That's what he produced, or twelve and four quarterback. He produced, you know, with a very bad defense, you know. And that's what I'm saying. Like he could win. You just got to put enough stuff around him. But it's just like you haven't, so you're not going to win. It's it's just clear. So. Yeah, you know, I, I think Derek Carr is going to surprise a lot of haters this year. Oh, of course. To me, it's like he doesn't have anything to prove to, like, myself because every year he's gotten better, like, virtually better. But it's just like if you – because your win-loss record is what it is, it's like, oh, no, he sucks. But it's like, no, if you really look outside of that, it's hard when your defense gives up so many points, you give up so many penalty yards, you're always playing from behind. And since, since whatever – since, like, 2016, he has, what, 15, 16 fourth-quarter comebacks, which, which is, like, second in the NFL – that's a lot. He's a winner. That shows me he can win. If you put him in the right situation, he'll win. Right. Yeah. So, you know, no, no, I see. And I see the Tony Romo-ish thing. I, I, I mentioned this a, a couple of uh, podcasts back. I read a great book on uh, Bruce Feldman. It's called the the modern day quarterback. They, they, they say that the NFL, right. When they're looking for a quarterback, they look for this, this thing called the magic man. Right. And it's, in, it's crazy. Right. And the one person they refer back to is Brett Favre. You know, um, Brett Favre, that with him, like, he really didn't understand how to read defenses. Uh, you know, they worked with him on his on his timing as far as his footwork. But when it came down to the football game, he never had his footwork. But he had this magic sense of just knowing how to make a play. And that's where, like, kind of what you were saying about Tony Romo. Like, he didn't need he didn't need to have the perfect protection. He just knew how to pull that magic out of the hat and make a play out of nothing. 
and I see that with Derek Carr. Derek mm -hmm. Carr is not afraid of slinging the ball, and you get on weapons like Henry Ruggs, and uh, and watch watch Nelson Aguilar put, have the best season he has as a pro. Why? Because now he has a quarterback that's not afraid to like you know gun in the ball. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah, I do see that the Raiders have put put together a really good team, a really good foundation to build off of. So let's see. Let's see how this 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 season ends up for the Raiders. Tonight we continue with our East West Football Podcast Power Rankings, starting with number nineteen, the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, well, you know, I think with the Los Angeles Rams, they lost a lot this all season. They lost Todd Gurley, Pitt lost traded Cooks. I mean, a lot of plays on defense. I mean, I think the Rams, in my opinion, I think they're going to be a sleeper team this year. I think they're going to be all right. They had a pretty solid draft, drafting Cam Akers and Ben Jefferson out of Florida. So I think the Rams will be a pretty good team this year. But let's see if they can make up from all the losses they lost this offseason. Um, they got to get the Jedi Rams deal done at some point. So I think at yeah, um, 19, it's a pretty good spot for them. Well, I like what they did. I mean, they kind of blew the team up, right, in the offseason, which is kind of unique. But with a coach like that, that coach is, I mean, he's almost like, I mean, he looks like he's trying to coach for perfection, right? But when you look at that coach, I mean, he's in he's in tune in the game and he's able to help coach up Jared Goff, right, the right way. So I think I like what they did in the offseason as far as, you know, they did they did let go of a lot of key, up, uh, you know, parts, so to say, on defense and on offense. But I like what they did with the draft, and I like what they did in the offseason, bringing in some players. So um, we cannot, we cannot dis discredit them out. So I think this is a good spot for them. And, and I think as long as that coach and Jerry Goff can stay healthy, I think that they're going to be able to put up a good fight. You can never count on Aaron Donald, best defensive player in the league right now. Yeah, hopefully they can get, they can get a running game going behind Jerry Goff and uh, protect them, of course. All right, number 18, the Arizona Cardinals. Now, this is a team last year, uh, Cardinals drafted Kyla Murray. Uh, he did pretty well, right, in his first season there. Um, they added some weapons, most notable DeAndre Hopkins from the Houston Texans. It's really going to help him out. Uh, it, this is just a kind of, what, I would say, one of the most fascinating teams going into the season. Oof, the Cardinals were probably the most hype, that most hype this team. They got a lot of hype around them coming this year. They got DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, man, I think. Can't wait to see the Hopkins and, and the Kyler Murray hookup this year. It's going to be a great one. I think it's going to be electric. They also they drafted Isaiah Simmons from out of Clemson. I think the Cardinals, they're, they're a team that's up and coming. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs this year. I can easily see them win eight or nine games, but they're going to be pretty good this year. I like Kyler Murray. Um, I think that he showed a lot of promise, and I think that, I mean, just the way he was speaking up about wanting C.D. Lamb and look at what they did. They went and got him DeAndre Hopkins, right? I think that when you look at it, that just shows that he's starting to come into his own. He's starting to find uh, his 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 uh, groove right in the league. So I think anytime you have a dynamic quarterback like himself, who can you know either kill you with his with his feet, or you know make the necessary throws, and um, I, I think I just think that the Cardinals cannot be counted out. I think they're going to be contenders. The NFC West is starting to. to uh, be the NFC West when back with the Legion of Boom days, you know? Yes. And then also continuing on 
Number 17, the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, mm. this is a team that just recently re- uh, relocated to Las Vegas. We just talked to JT the Brick. If you guys haven't listened, make sure you guys check that podcast out. And he was telling us that this offense now has all kinds of weapons and uh, that there is no excuse for Derek Carr not having not to have a successful season this year. This year, I think with the Raiders, I mean, I think they're another up-and-coming team. A lot of young talent. They had a pretty solid draft. You know, they got um, Henry Ruggs, and they got one of my favorite players in this year's draft, Brian Edwards. Kind of reminds me of um, former Cowboys wide receiver Dez Bryant. I love – the guys to tell you, I love my wide receivers. I love the Brian Edwards pick. And I think um, the Raiders, they're, they're up and coming. They got um, Jacobs still there. So I think, you know, with Josh Jacobs and the crew, Derek Carr, continue to get on some help around them. I think, I think the Raiders have an underrated offensive line. I really think that. I think um, the defense is young. I think it's time. I mean, I think, I think it'll be pretty good this year. I, I don't think they'll make playoffs, but, but they'll be close to probably like a game or two. It'll be like a game or two from getting in. So I think the Raiders are a great spot that they're in. Yeah, the Raiders, uh, the Raiders have done a lot of – I like what they did in the offseason. Man, they rebuilt that – well, I don't want to say they rebuilt, but what they did was they added a lot of great depth, right, especially in the defensive line where they needed to help the most. I think they didn't stop there. I mean, they added key pieces all around. And then they were able to do some great things in the draft. I think that there's some there's some players that we're gonna be they're gonna make it, they're gonna be making some amazing plays, some splash plays. I think the Raiders have the right coach and the right the right quarterback in place as far as making a, a strong push, especially in that division that tough division now, the AFC West. They do have a lot of new weapons. A name to keep in, you know, just to keep a year out for him. Brian Edwards. Rookie wide receiver, I think he's gonna have a great year, and I don't think a lot of people are, are talking about him yet. Number sixteen, the Indianapolis Colts. Now we all know that Philip Rivers is now the starting quarterback in uh, Indianapolis. Uh, I think they had a really great draft in free agency, uh, trading for the Forrest Buckner, uh, drafting Jonathan Taylor, running back out of Wisconsin, and then also Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC, wide receiver. I think with the Colts, I mean, I, I'm one of the guys, you could call me the oddball. I don't think, I did, I did never liked the Philly River signing with the Colts. I just didn't understand it. I mean, he was surrounded by a bunch of talent in Los Angeles with the Chargers. But with the Colts, I mean, you got T.Y. Hilton. He's, he's been banged up the past couple of years. You brought in Michael Pittman, but he's improved. We don't know who he's going to be. Parrish Campbell's supposed to come back. Um, who's going to be their tight end this year? They got some pretty good running, running back depth. Their defense is young and it's upcoming. I think the Colts will be pretty good, but. I don't think Phillip Rivers is a big, a, a, a much bigger. I don't think I don't think he's gonna be much better than Jacoby Brissett from last year. I just I don't see it. Um, I, I think experience wise, yes, but I mean last year Phillip Rivers was a turnover machine. So I mean it'd be very interesting to see what the coach do this year. So it, I mean I I just I can't wait to see. I can't wait to get the season started to see what the coach do. Cause I think that um those that's one of the that's one of the biggest offseason moves this year. Seeing Phillip Rivers with the Chargers for so long and then now coming along to the coach. Man, let, let's see what he can do to the coach. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's going to end well for him, Andy Napoles. I don't want to count out Phillip Rivers. Um, I think that Phillip Rivers has a lot of game left to him, and I think that he has a good offensive line now with the Colts. You know, you, you can never – I mean, with Quentin Nelson probably put it, being one of the top guards in the league right now, you know, and then you're going to – you're returning Marlon Mack as your starting running back, and then you also have – uh, Jonathan Taylor, which you know Fidel's been high off, uh, high on, you know has been pretty high on this running back all off season. So obviously they're not going to ask Philip Rivers to go and throw forty plus 
a game. So I think that there's going to be a lot of play, play action. Philip Rivers is going to use his smart, his skills, his his you know, his his knowledge of the game to to make the, the throws that he needed to th- he needs to make. And that defense, like you said, they've upgraded that defensive line. They made it stronger. I think that that linebacker is going to be able to Leonard. He's going to be able to just he's going to be able to tee off and 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 come away with the ball with the ball in his hand. I think Malik Cooker is probably going to have one of his best years also. So. I think the, the Colts are uh, still they're still a surprise team that you gotta you gotta contend for. Coming in at fifteen, the New England Patriots. I should say the new look New England Patriots, right? Because we're so used to you know Tom Brady being the starting quarterback in New England, and now it's Cam Newton. So these new look Patriots coming at number fifteen. Man, the Patriots this year. I think the Patriots. A lot of people are counting the New England Patriots out. I really think they're going to be good this year. And, I mean, everybody's mentioning, you know, Cam Newton and some of the other new new additions they have. But my guy to keep an eye on this year for the Patriots would be Jared Stidham. Stiddy, as, as Coach Belichick like to call him, and myself like to call him. I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, they had had a lot of players to opt out. So, this, I mean, it's not going to help. But, hey, the system's in place. A lot of people counting them out. And I'm telling you, you do not want Bill Belichick and the Patriots, that Patriots team, you do not want that Patriots team of the, um, the big have their backs against the wall because if they when they're playing with a chip on their shoulder, I'm telling you that that's 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 not good. It's not good for the league. And I think Belichick he's out to prove that hey, I can do it without time. I can just throw somebody in. Um, a lot of people think Cam, a lot of people think Cam's going to Cam's going to be the guy, but I think Jerry Sims going to start the season and he's not going to give that job up pretty. He's not, he's not going to give it up quickly and lightly. But but I think the Patriots um they go. I think they're gonna make the playoffs this year. I can easily see them win ten games and make the playoffs. My goodness, I wish people could see exactly what Kendall's doing right now. But anyways, they can hear him. They can hear him. Okay, just so everybody has a visual, Kendall was nice. He, I mean, Kendall, you know, he has his, he has his polo on and, and whatnot. But Homer, he's wearing a damn Patriots hat. Right before he started talking about the, the Patriots, he put he, he put on his Patriots cap, uh, cap on. So just so you guys have a visual. So I know on this one you're not gonna have a visual, but anyways, real quick, we cannot we cannot, we cannot discount the the Patriots right now. They still have the the top the top uh, coach in the league, right? And that's Bill Belichick, and you can and you have a, a quarterback that's still, I mean, one of the most dynamic quarterbacks that we've ever seen play the game in Cam Newton. I think that this offense is tailor made for Cam Newton. And I think that you're going to see some things that you've never seen before, some nuances to the game. I think that, you know, where Tom Brady lacked in, in his athletic ability, you're going to see that with Cam. And Cam is actually going to be sacked a little bit less than what he was normally, you know, uh, you know, because he took a beating with the Panthers. And um, they, they, did a, they did a great job as far as refueling that, def- that defense. And then they're gonna get some. They're gonna get some of their offensive line back this year. So you can count the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're gonna playoffs, man. Um, a lot of competition in that division now. So we're just gonna have to see uh, what happens with the Patriots. Coming in at number fourteen, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now this team's a very interesting one, just because last year Big Ben was pretty much out for the whole year, right? And they were playing the second string, the third string quarterback. But that defense was, you know, was holding its own, especially after training for Minka Fitzpatrick. 
I think with the Steelers, they're a young team. I mean, that defense, they, they, they kind of get, – they're getting back to the old days. If you put, put on the tape from last year, if you watched any of the Steelers games last year, the offense was not as good, but that defense, oh, man, they flew. They're young, they're quick, and they're aggressive. So, I think the Steelers – I think they're, they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're going to make some noise in the AFC. They might even – I don't think they'll win a division because you got Baltimore and you got Cleveland that's very improved. But I think the Steelers going to make maybe 11 because they're on this – I mean, I think, still, I, think, I think they're going to be pretty good this year. And keep an eye on this name right here. Wide receiver Deontay Johnson. He came into his own last year. He, he's pretty good. He's a slot receiver. He plays outside, too. I think he's going to have a breakout season in the sophomore year. It won't be no sophomore slump for Deontay Johnson. Um, they got Chase Claypool at the draft. He's a big guy. Kind of reminds me of like a Devin Funches type receiver. He could play inside, outside. But I think they're going to make some noise. They got Anthony McFarlane, the running back out of Maryland. I think the Steelers, I think the Steelers are going to have a pretty good season this year. And I think with Big Ben coming back, he looks a little slimmer. He thought he lost a few he lost a few pounds. Um, Juju Smith get a healthy season out of him. Watch out. Yeah, uh, the Steelers is just one of those teams that you that you can learn from, right? And I think that the secret to their their success is that they've had the same coaching staff in place for many years. And you know, a healthy Big Ben, you know that that means that he's not going to have to change up too much of his game, and he's going to be able to like like what you said, right? Bring out the best in Deontay Johnson, who's a up-and-coming promising wide receiver. You still got Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, they still got James Washington. Uh, they still got James Conner and and McFarland. That's a that's a that's a that's a home run. That's a home run waiting to happen. And then you got T.J. Watt and Bud De, Bud Dupree. So you know when you look at the overall, when you look at it, you look at it overall. The Steelers, as long the Steelers will go as far as Big Ben will take them, and that's what it's going to come down to for them this season. Coming in at number thirteen, the Philadelphia Eagles. So this team was one that limped into the playoffs, right? I mean, Carson Wentz at the end, he he got hurt, right? Um, my God, I'm forgetting the journeyman quarterback that played against the Seattle Seahawks, um, just retired. Josh McCown. Josh McCown. I don't know how I forgot that name, but Josh McCown. Um, th- this is a team that drafted, surprisingly, a quarterback right in the draft in the higher rounds in Jalen Hurts. I think with the Eagles, I mean, we're waiting to see what Carson Wentz can do in the playoffs. I mean, he's been he's been in the league a couple of years, but he he hasn't like he, he started a playoff game last year. Nobody got hurt, so I mean, his stats in the playoffs are brutal. Cause, you know, I'm gonna tell you why because he doesn't have any stats in the playoffs. He hasn't done nothing yet. So I'm thinking. Um, with that, with, he had an MVP year to come um, a few years back. He, he was on track to win that year, but he got hurt. So I think with the Eagles, they had a pretty good draft. They got Quiz Watkins, wide receiver. They got John Hightower. Then they got Jalen Rager in, in the first round. I actually thought it was going to go Justin Jefferson there. But I think the Eagles, I think they have a pretty good year this year. Defense is still young. They lost Malcolm Jenkins. Um, I think cornerback, they brought in um, Darius Slade from Detroit. So I may mean, be very interested to see what the Eagles do this year. I think, man, oof. Then, then you're in the division with Dallas Cowboys and, and the Giants and the, Red, and the Washington team. So I think, I mean, let's see how the Eagles do this year. But I think um, they'll make the playoffs this year. I think the NFC will probably get two teams out of the division this year. Yeah, I mean, with the Eagles, as long as Carson Wentz can stay healthy, I think they have, you know, they have a pretty good, I mean, aside from the wide receivers, but, you know, they they tried to address that the offseason. But aside from that, I mean, if Carson Wentz can stay healthy, they're going to make they're going to make strong pushes, especially, you know, when it comes to, winning that division and maybe possibly the playoffs. Coming in at number 12, the Minnesota Vikings. 
Now, this is the team that made the playoffs last year and that upsetted the New Orleans Saints on wildcard weekend. Um, they had traded Stephon Diggs during the offseason to the Buffalo Bills, and they got a couple first-round draft picks for him. Mark, I'm, I'm going out on a limb right now, and I'm going to say about the Minnesota Vikings, they're going to be a surprise team this year. And I think Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver they got at the LSU, I mean, you got rid of Stephon Diggs and you bring in Justin Jefferson from LSU, he's going to have a tremendous year. He, he's going to have a big year this year. I've seen some highlights from from training camp. I know it's training camp, no pads on yet, but I think Justin Jefferson, he's going to be a stud this year. They got um, the draft a couple corners this year, Jeff Gladney. They got um, the other corner, Camp, camp Dantzler. So they got they got they got they lost Rose, but they you know they filled in with some other players. You know the, the the defense they lost a lot of players, and they're still getting up there in age. But I think man, with the Vikings, and they're gonna be pretty good this year. I think they are. I think the Packers in the division. I mean, I think they they're going down. I think the Vikings they're gonna take over that division this year. And they're gonna win this year. Kirk Cousins. I mean, we saw what he did last year in the playoffs. He went to New Orleans. He beat Drew Brees and the Saints. So I mean, this I think he kind of got all got over that playoff hump last year. See what he can do. Let's see what he can do on Monday nights this coming year because he doesn't have the best Monday night record. So I think with Kirk Cousins and the Vikings, I think that's a great spot where we haven't met. I think they're gonna have a pretty good season this year. It's it's gonna come down to it's gonna come down to Dalvin Cook, right? And the good thing is that he is reporting. Uh and I know that he was gonna be he initially said he was gonna hold out until he got a new contract. Um so the good thing is that he's he's gonna be there. Uh so if the, the running game goes then everything just flows, right? And I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know where I got that, but it just sounds so good. Um, it did. Yeah, maybe I should trademark that. But anyways, getting back, to, getting back on subject. You know, Kirk Cousins is, is is a bit of he has a little bit of magic to his game. You know, I think that he can he can he can make every throw, and he's he's a fear he's very fearless quarterback. He, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna get the ball to whoever's open. That's plain and simple. And that that defensive minded coach is gonna find ways to get home to the quarterback. So. You can't count the Vikings out. Coming in at number 11, the Houston Texans, led by Deshaun Watson. Of course, the biggest – big one of the biggest news, you know, in the you know offseason was the Texans trading DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals and in return getting back – Peanuts. Yeah, peanuts, nothing. I mean, I heard David Johnson. I mean, David Johnson hasn't played a full season. Shoot, I don't know how long. Um, they also traded for Brandon Cooks of the Los Angeles Ram. Oh, with the Texans, you know, Deshaun Watson, they're going to get him a contract year. I mean, they're going to get him a contract soon. Um, but I think I – mean, I'm looking at the wide receiver position. You, know, you got rid of Hopkins, but you, you got a bunch of number two. Brandon Cooks, he's not a one. Will Fuller's not a one. He can't stay healthy. You got you still got Kenny Stills, the former Miami Dolphin. He's not a one. And you got um, Brandon Carr. They brought him on. They gave him a, three, a three-year contract. So I, mean, I didn't really understand what they did there. They got a bunch of twos there, but if they all can stay healthy, I think it could be a pretty good core around Deshaun Watson. I mean, I think um, in other words, I didn't brought in David Johnson from the Cardinals. So I think I, I don't. I want to see how the Texans look this year. What are they trying to transition to with Bill O'Brien? I think this is a, he's on the hot seat this year. If, if the Texans don't make the playoffs this year, Bill O'Brien will not be. He would not be the Texans coach coming into next season. He would not be there. Um, I think with the defense. I think the Texans have one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. And they haven't really done us. They have one they they have one of the, the worst secondaries in the NFL. They got Bradley Roby back there and they got um Hargraves and Lonnie Johnson. They got a couple got a couple players there. But I just think I think the Texans, they have one of the worst secondaries. Still got JJ Watt, he's injury prone. So let's see what the Texans do this year. But I think they're a few pieces away from competing. 
Um, I think with it in the division, you know, you got the Jags, the Titans, and you know, then the Colts. They might get in the playoffs this year just based off the division because it's not that strong. You know, we'll see what happens from there though. But I think the Texans, I think they'll be, they they'll make the playoffs this year. I think they'll get there. Deshaun Watson, his will, his will will get them there. So we'll see what happens this year with the Houston Texans. I think you you hit it right on the button right there. I think it, I think we cannot count out the Texans because of Deshaun Watson. Now I did refer to Kirk Cousins as having a little bit of magic, but I think Deshaun Watson has tons of magic. I mean, he can pull out. I mean, he can make every throw, and he's gonna just. I mean, he's gonna risk his body to 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 come away with that with that win. Um, I, a lot of people do want to knock that they don't have a, a first. Uh, uh, you know, a a, uh, a top wide receiver or a number one wide receiver, so to say. But I will say this, that if you stop and you look at the big picture, um, you know, where did that coach come from? Came from the Patriots system. And what are the Patriots known for? They're known to, you know, uh, you remember the Wells Pokers of the world, Julie Edelman's still around. So are they number ones? No, they're not number one wide receivers. They're actually wide receivers that turn into running backs or, you know, wide receivers that can make make uh, cuts and get make one cut and get get you know get get home. So that's what they're trying to do. So I think as long as Deshaun Watson can stay healthy, he's always going to give them the best chance to get make a playoff push. Fake to Ingram, Jackson back, floats one towards the middle. Mark Andrews. Hilliard is the running back, not Chubb. And they're going to give it to Hilliard, the second year running back, plowing ahead, and he's in for the touchdown. The Browns drive it right down the field on the, the trade for Nick. Third and two. Rudolph. How about it? James Cutter. Touchdown still. Got Tyler Boyd right there. He should be one on one. Dalton looking for Boyd one-on-one. He's got him. Boyd down the sideline, dives for the end zone, and he's in. What a play. Dalton to Boyd on fourth down. Our next guest is our AFC North insider, Stephen Patrick. How are you doing, Stephen? I'm doing just fine, Fidel. How are you doing this evening? You know what? I'm good. Uh, Just got home from work and, you know, just was uh, looking forward to talking to you about the AFC North. Looking forward to talking to you. Y'all looking forward for football season, and it's it's it's, it's here. Training camp is here. Yep. All right, Steven, let's go and get started. So, what are your thoughts about the division? Right, uh, last last year Pittsburgh's quarterback situation was just a mess. Right, I believe Ben Roethlisberger got hurt. You know, the first or second game of the season, I can I I think it was against Seattle Seahawks. Um, he had a surgery on his arm. Uh, it was just a mess, you know, on that team. And we know who stood out in that division was the Baltimore Ravens and and obviously the MVP in Lamar Jackson. Uh, I think overall, just looking at the division, I think they're actually going to get three playoff teams this year. If you look at it uh, with the expansion of the playoffs, that'll give seven teams a chance to get in. So that adds a team. So overall, looking at the division with the uh, with Big Ben coming back, Feel like the Steelers are going to be uh, moving right along as usual. Uh, you mentioned Lamar Jackson, the MVP. He's going to do Lamar like Jackson things as always. These last two years that we've seen to push them into the playoffs, and I feel like um, cleaning house up there in Cleveland. The talent is undeniable. 
coaching last year was suspect. This year, I feel like they got everything in motion. Um, the playoffs are expanded, so I feel like they could be that last team to get that, uh, which is weird to say, the seventh seed now instead of the sixth seed. But I feel like the AFC North uh, is going to get three playoff teams this year um, going into the new expanded uh, playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, to me, the most interesting team in this division is the Cleveland Browns, right? They got, you know, new head coach. They have all the talent in the world right on paper. I mean, if you look at that backfield, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, um, two dynamic running backs, right? Um, they just, for whatever reason, last year, they just weren't able to, you know, translate that to the field. Uh, yeah, like I said, it was more so It was more so coaching. And, I mean, the Browns' dysfunction uh, is just how it is. But I feel like uh, cleaning, the, cleaning house, bringing in um, new coaching and everything, Thing, especially because their coach came from um, uh, came from the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, you know, he kind of has similar weapons. Uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't have the strongest arm. Baker doesn't have the strongest arm. Uh, they had a solid re- receiving core with um, um, Stephon Diggs leading the way, Dalvin Cook at the running back position. So I see similarities between um, what the offense of the Minnesota Vikings did last year and uh, coming into this year. And just seeing both of them, just seeing the style of play. Uh, the one thing is um, the defense in the AFC North is usually stout. So can you uh, can you really kind of function that offense into a way that they can uh, strike those uh, AFC North defenses, which I think they can. Uh, Odell Beckham, top five receiver when he's healthy and right. Jarvis Landry, one of the best um, one of the best receivers at moving the chains. If you need five yards on third down he's going to get you six yards on third down he's one of the smartest receivers as far as knowing where to be cutting off his routes to make sure that he's getting the first down and the production that he needs Nick Chubbs uh they brought in Austin Cooper to go with um David um David uh, um Nicole uh, so I feel like they know that two tight end system uh it's just gonna be put them over the top and put them finally back into the playoffs the other thing, too, that that we have to mention is, right, the the rookie quarterback in this division, Joe Burrow, um, national championship, you know, out of LSU. Uh, he's going to be the one that's going to be the Cincinnati Bengals from now on. Uh, yeah, I have, a, I have an issue with Joe Burrow. I don't know if it was the system. Or I don't know if it was Joe Burrow because uh, now his offensive coordinator is taking over for the Carolina Panthers. Yep. So, so clearly – um, he was innovative when it came to LSU's offense. Uh, LSU's offense was littered with uh, – not even just the offense, the team in general was littered with NFL players. So, Joe Burrow, you couldn't get it done at Ohio State. I know things happen. Uh, all situations are, aren't best for certain people. That situation at LSU may have been better, but I'm just looking at it as you, was, you couldn't get it done at Ohio State. Are you a one-year wonder or are you really that guy that can lead a franchise and put them over the top? Or was it just the players, the system, and the coaching uh, that led Joe Burrow to such a great season? They're taking nothing away from him. They had one of the great seasons uh, we've ever seen. But at the same time, you know, you had to kind of bounce around and find your way, which is not, which is not a problem. But at the same time, you know, it just kind of gives me um, a few withdrawals of going full throttle because uh, I was more so looking at Tua. He's done it for a prolonged um, amount of time down there in Alabama. So, you know, just comparing the two uh, standout quarterbacks coming into this year's draft, I just see, you know, a body of work. 
I see Tua and I look at Joe Burrow's your body of work and, you know, just not as thorough as others out there. You, you know, that's a really interesting thing you just brought up. So actually me and the guys uh, were having pre-draft talks. We had a podcast on who would you rather take, right? Tua Tungabailoa or Joe Burrow? I went with Tua Tungabailoa. Um, I believe if he never got hurt last year, um, he maybe he would have gone number one overall. Oh, I do too. I do too. Of course, right? Um, but, you know, whenever Alabama played LSU, I, I believe, you know, Tua was already hurt. So that had a humongous impact, on you know, in that game. And, yeah, you said it. LSU was an all-star team last year, right? I mean, they had talent all over the field at every position. Um, now, the one, I guess, upper leg that Joe Burrow does have is that he was running a, a pro offense with, you know, Joe Brady there in LSU. So um, I agree with you. I mean, uh, the jury's still kind of out for me for Joe Burrow as well. Yes, he is a national champion. But, I mean, we've seen this before, right? When, when quarterbacks win national championships and when they go to the NFL, they, for whatever reason, they don't pan out. Uh, yeah, see? So that's why I'm saying uh, I have to see a body of work. Um, usually at least two years, you know, because that just lets me know uh, the seniors and juniors leave. And, you know, you can do it with a new crop of players. Uh, Tua did it with a new crop of players. Um, year in and year out of his time at Alabama once he got the starting job. Joe Burrow, you had nothing but NFL talent, which LSU just has NFL talent regardless. But can you do it in a new crop of uh, with a new crop of player, especially in NFL uh, free agency drafts? You may not have the same players every single year. So, you know, you maybe not can get accustomed to that. JL, get that chemistry together. Yo, um, you're, you know, your offensive coordinator, coaches, they may leave. Can you adapt? So that's just what I'm really looking for coming into the uh, 2020 season when it comes to the Bengals and Joe Burrow. Hey, what's going on with you, Steven? Hey, how you doing, Kendall? Good, good. Um, I'm going to stick with the Bengals real quick. I want to ask you about T. Higgins, the wide receiver. Ooh, that's my guy. <laughs> do, you, do you think he can break out on year one with the Bengals? Out on opposite I, of Green and Tyler Boyd? I don't know about year one. Because at the Cincinnati Bengals have a very underrated um, offense. Uh, you just mentioned um, Boyd, um, Joe Mixon, um, AJ Green, the Cincinnati great. And what I really love about that selection is that T. Higgins' um, idol growing up was AJ Green, so he gets to learn from Higgins. Uh, I'm sorry, he gets to learn from AJ Green. They have a similar playing style, high point the ball big, tall receivers, uh, and actually can break down field as well. Solid route running, but really they're big play receivers that can high point the ball. So A.J. Green can give um, Higgins the game. And I don't know about this year. Like I said, he still got Green. Um, they got a solid tight end. Uh, they got a great running back. And then they still have uh, Boyd Green. So this year may not be his breakout year, but Green is 31, 32, just signed a franchise tag. So we don't know what's going to go on with his contract negotiations uh, going into the season next year. So this year he may not break out, but I definitely for, look for him um, in the next year or two um, to be that standout wide receiver for Joe Burrow. And it looks like the Bengals are uh, basically uh, looking at their, their past um, for their present because they picked up um, Andy Dalton and A.J. Green in the same draft, had success. This year, even though it's a, a swap of positions, uh, this year in the first round, it was Joe Burrow. 
and the second round was T. Higgins. I feel like they know what they're doing. They they see the success. Even though they didn't win playoff games, they were in the contention for the playoffs every single year when they both were playing um, at a high level um, in reference to Green and um, Andy Dalton. So that's kind of what I see similar. If Joe Burrow is the guy that I think he is or some people think that he can be, then I feel like the uh, – especially with the expansion as well, they're another team that can be uh, playoff contenders for the next next decade. I love me some T. Higgins, man. Like, he, he's not he's not a speedster. He's kind of like a big-body guy. But I just think – I mean, he, he kind of remind me of Dez and A.J. Green and, like, some of these big wide receivers in the league. But I, I feel like he's under – he has underrated speed, though. He's not, you say, he's not a speedster, but once he gets past you – you're not catching up with him because he's so long in his strides. He more so has long strides than speed to get past uh, to get past cornerback. Once they get to that level out, of um, yeah, I'm sorry. Coming out coming out of college, one of his biggest things was you know his speed. He, he's a long strider, so they, mm-hmm. they were like he, he's not not a speedster, but you know he can win the jump ball. He you know he, he's just, he's very big, so I think he's gonna be good. I think he'll be pretty good with the Bengals. Yeah, I can't wait to see that. That's really uh, – any team in the AFC North, I want to see the development of the Bengals. Because uh, I know what Big Ben, if he's healthy, I know what he's going to provide. Um, you know, big arms, capability at the QB position that they didn't have last year. When it comes to Baltimore, we know uh, their motto. Usually defense right now, they have an explosive offense, um, thanks to Action Jackson, uh, the MVP. And then, like I said, the wild card is the Browns. Uh, all that talent out there, we're going to see uh, if they can turn the corner and, uh, you know, fulfill their promise that they are – that their roster and their talent warrants. Speaking of action, Jackson, I want to ask you about Lamar. Is this the year he finally gets over his playoff hurdles? Uh, most definitely, I think so. Because really looking back at it, two years – as a rookie, I don't really put a lot of stock into a rookie a rookie um, quarterback. You know, when coming into the playoff, it's new to you. Uh, even though um, Lamar played in big games uh, coming out of college, you know, against Clemson, against Florida State and everything. You know, I'll give him a year, okay, rookie year. Plus, he just played half of the season. So, okay, things weren't together. This year, he, he admitted um, a, few, a few weeks ago that he uh, – him and the Baltimore Ravens, took the Titans for granted, didn't really yep. think that there were going to be much competition. So they kind of, re, you know, had a letdown when it came to that. So I really don't see any issues. I have the Chiefs versus the, the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC Championship um, next year. And uh, so that means that Lamar is going to win a game because I feel like mm, that's a tough one. There's no – that second seed doesn't get a bye now. That second seed doesn't get a bye, but I still see Lamar having a – enough and um what really uh puts it over for me is they had a, gr- a great draft and they can take some of the uh, heat away from Lamar uh by picking up uh JK Dobbins from Ohio State uh, you know kind of, uh, it's just another uh, playmaker because they're more of a run offense um play action can be better Mark Ingram um he can get some rest um, going into the uh, – because they rested him going into the playoffs last year. I feel like they may have lost some flow. Like I said, they weren't really taking uh, the Tennessee Titans. Um, weren't really taking them seriously. So, I see J.K. Dobbins is really a great pickup uh, this offseason that can help with that play action and take some uh, stress off of Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram. Man, hey, man, I think – speaking of rookie, I think on the bottom of the they got the rookie of wide receiver. They got a, they got a steal. James Prochet, he's going to be a steal for Baltimore, I think. 
I, I think he's really – I love him. He's a great possession receiver. And he was at SMU. He makes crazy catches all game, all year. Man, he, he's a great receiver. I, I like James Foshay. Oh, yeah, because I feel like they were more one-dimensional. It was either uh, Hollywood Brown going deep or it was Mark Ingram, you know, busting out a run in between the tackles or it was Lamar getting to the edge. And those are the three um, offensive plays that was going to be had. RPO runs, play action deep ball. So I feel like Tennessee, you know, really um, negated that. Even though uh, Lamar, you know, he still put up monster numbers, but he went um, – if I'm not mistaken, 31 for 59, and that's just not how Baltimore is going to win. Uh, you got to run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens <laughs> offense. Throwing almost 60 times, I don't care if you got Joe Flacco, Lamar, whoever you have, you're not going to win throwing the ball 60 times. Your, uh, your whole existence has been predicated on running the ball and de-stout defense. And lastly, my question, I'm going to ask you about the Pittsburgh Steelers, because we haven't got on them yet. Do you think with Big Ben coming back, do you think he can get that offense rolling, they can get back to the playoffs? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I said earlier, uh, three teams is coming out of the AFC North, uh, Big Ben. Um, if he's healthy, of course, we don't know. Uh, training camp just started. We got to see, you know, can he get that, um, that arm live and hit that deep ball? Juju had a down year that was due to lack of quarterback play. Uh, so he went from over 100 yards, uh, 1,400 uh, – over, I'm sorry, uh, 100 um, receptions, 1,400 yards, 17 TDs to 42 uh, receptions, over 500 yards and three TDs. So that as well. And, and really it's going to help James Conner as well because uh, that will give more respect to Big Ben. And instead of, you know, uh, lining up to just stop the run, they got to respect Big Ben's ability to get the ball down the field. So that brings uh, – that brings actually a, um, a linebacker or, I mean, if they bring down a safety, that puts them back into coverage. So uh, it's more running room for James Conner. And that defense is always stout when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin had one of his better coaching seasons actually last year with all the injuries at the quarterback position. Uh, just be able to still have them in playoff contention. And if you look back on it, with the new playoff extension, the rate of the, uh, I'm sorry, the Steelers uh, would have been in the playoffs. Or um, you know if they, so we we can we definitely going to see if Big Ben um, can get them into the playoffs, which I think they can. And with Big Ben and Mike Tomlin, I feel like they're always a Super Bowl contender. So that's another thing that I'll be watching in the AFC North this year. Appreciate it, Steve. All right, no problem, Kendall. Steven, how you doing? My man Jerry, I'm good. How are you? Doing real good, man. We've come we've come so far, right? So uh, yeah, we we sure have. Yeah. Um, Thank you for all the work that you do and all the help that you, you know, from the beginning of the process. But uh, I have to disagree, though, on one one thing that, you, you know, what you uh -oh. said. Uh, What's going I, on, Joe? I, I think I think Joe Burrow, he's going to he's going to he's going to show he's going to show the NFL some things that we have not seen in a while from a rookie quarterback. Mm. I'm just telling you, I studied him a lot during the, uh, you know, during the whole entire pretty much after after he won. One, I went back, I looked at the tape, and yeah, I understand we're the one-year wonders, but man, I'll tell you this, he just knows how to use the pocket. He knows how to manipulate the pocket. He knows how to step into the throws. He just knows how to anticipate, and the best part is he knows how to read through all three progressions, which is insane. I mean, yeah, he had, he had a lot of firepower, but he knew how to use it. So I'll, I'll tell you this, 
Yeah. Is he, is he going to be able to do that in the NFL? It's going to take some time for him to, you know, get adjusted to the, to the speed and to his players. The blocker, the blocking is not going to be there, but I do think that he's going to put up a lot better numbers than we think. But overall, it's going to be one of the most interesting uh, divisions in the NFL to say the least. Right. Um, Jerry, what do you, what do you think Joe Burrow and Cincinnati Bengals record is going to be this year? I don't. I don't really like to. I really don't like to do that. But I think that they will be plus five on the on the wins. Okay, plus so, five on the wins. Okay, that's yeah, an improvement. Yeah, that's that's a big improvement. And I and I think that it's going to come off of Joe Burrow. Uh, just his just his knowledge of the game. I, I he took I like he he really did take a, a step that I don't know where he found it or that gear. Maybe it was Brady, right? That showed him. You know how to how to understand the game or the feel of the game, but uh, I mean he just took off with it and he ran with it and now he's he's not looking back. So I I just think that that Burrow Burrow's the real deal. I really do think. Uh, I mean I'm not saying he has a cannon of an arm. He just knows how to play quarterback. And when uh, it comes to Joe Burrow, I will give him that that he played against NFL caliber defenses. So <laughs> it's not like you know the one year wonder and a lesser conference. He played against the best of the best. Um, week in and week out, and he proved against uh, the best competition out there that he can do it. So, like I said, I think he's a one. I don't, I don't think he's a one-year wonder, but I just wanted him to prove, you know, that it wasn't Brady and it was actually Burrow's skill, a skill set that got them uh, to where it was. Oh yeah, most definitely. Hey, but real quick, man, I, I just wanna, I just wanna say, you, you, your knowledge of the game goes further than just the NFL, right? And um, the one thing is uh, I've noticed is that you you really know the ACC very well, right? Which I'm referring to the you know the college ranks, mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I I've seen you've done some some you know I, I try I try to keep up. Well, I do keep up, <laughs> uh, but uh, you 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 know your you know the Louisville team very well. Uh, what do you think is keeping Louisville from being contenders? I mean. They're right there. I mean, the same. They're in the same backyard as as Clemson. What what is it? Uh, they have all the players. Well, shout out to my alma mater, uh, University of Louisville. Uh, they do have the players, especially on offense. They have the players. Um, Mikael McCunningham um, overtook um, Puma Pass last year. Had over two thousand yards, twenty two touchdowns. Um, he's an exciting player, similar to Lamar Jackson. Uh, yep. They can run that RPO. When it came to pass, they got a little stagnant pass, uh, pass as a taller receiver, kind of got a little foot happy in the pocket, and he just over, over uh, overflowed some of his passes. Um, but like I said, Cunningham came in and absolutely took over. Uh, my favorite player in the ACC, 2-2 two, two at well. Wide receiver, makes plays all over the field. Um, in the screen game, he can take the intermediate pass to the distance. He had uh, close to 1,300 yards, 12 scores. So um, as long as he just keeps on developing his route running, uh, becomes a better blocker, uh, I think uh, Louisville, Louisville has a uh, great outlook this year. And as, uh, also um, Hawkins, Javon Hawkins, uh, the running back as well, uh, speedster. He can actually get through the, uh, get through the, uh, the hole explosive he's not just an edge edge running back which a lot of people think he actually uh can juke in between um get out of tackles spin moves um he has it all the defense is what i am scared about 
the defense gave up a lot of rushing yards last mm-hmm. year. Um, the secondary was solid, but it's just that defense. Um, they ranked last, uh, giving up um, over 500 points last year. Clemson just absolutely destroyed <laughs> Uh, the University of Louisville last year. So I feel like the uh, offense another year under Scott Satterfield, they can get that going. Uh, they do have to replace um, offense to tackle. Makai um, Becton, who was selected uh, 11th by the New York Jets. So they got to solidify that offensive line. But outside of that, their offense, I have no qualms about. It's just that defense, uh, when it comes to the running game, they have to be more stout, especially in the ACC, because you got, you know, of course, you got Clemson. You got Clemson in there. Uh, Florida State's looking to uh, rebound. You got Mac Brown over there uh, with uh, North Carolina. You, North Carolina. Uh, they're going to be, be a problem um, if they play Louisville. So, you know, it's just things of that nature that they just going to have to um, get better at on the defensive side to slow down the offense, because our offense or their offense um, – light years ahead of a lot of other teams in ACC outside of Clemson. Yeah. I'll tell you this, that North Carolina had a great draft class, right? So I'm, well, I see draft class, but <laughs> I'm but, sorry. They had yeah. that. Yeah. They had a lot of, they, they, they had a lot of top recruits, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. and, and that, that, goes, that are going to be those recruits that are going to be drafted. So they eventually you know. are going to have a great yeah. draft class. Right? Yeah. I would just kind of get ahead of myself, but, but I mean, man, Louisville is just, I mean, every, every. I mean, for the last couple of years, I mean, they've been pumping out some, 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 some special, unique talent out, out into the NFL. And Louisville is not a team that you can sleep on. I mean, we've been, we've been, we've been actually doing some research on Tutu and, and uh, you know, just, just all around. Uh, I think the, 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 the running back also that you compared to Westbrook too. I mean, uh, I mean, it's just insane, right? So. Uh, but no, I mean, I think that I, I just want to say, you know, I think that, you know, your understanding of the college game, it, it's, it's just so it's great. It's really good stuff. Uh, with that being said, what's next for Stephen Patrick? Uh, well, you know, hopefully after COVID, um, um, be more focused on the AFC North, uh, relocating to Cincinnati, um, dig, dig a little bit more deeper within the Bengals, within the division. Uh, so really, that's this is it for me, um, you know, continuing putting out great work. Uh, for the East West Football Network, and uh, hopefully you can catch me, like I said, in Cincinnati soon. And we're gonna see Jerry about your boy Joe Burrow, because I will be <laughs> up Real close, close and personal, and Real to close. see if he has what you think he has. Because I, I think I don't know. Let's just say I don't know, and I'll leave I, it at that. I, I don't know, but I know about Tua, but I don't know about Joe Burrow. Cheers! Cheers to to the East West Football Network, right? Uh, our sponsors, right? Grand, uh, Grand, ha- Grand Lighthouse Coffee. Yeah, Make Grand sure Coffee.com. <laughs> go to East West to get 10% off your coffee. But there you go for all your coffee drinkers. <laughs> What's called it? But going back, I mean, um, overall, we'll see, right? I think, I think, I think, I think overall, I think the division. And the ACC, man, I mean, those are just two fun things. And that's the one thing that we miss, right, is football. And uh, we'll see We'll see if college will be able to kind of see what the NFL is able to do. Hopefully the NFL is able to have a successful league, right, with minimal cases. And let's see if we can, if we can get it. I know we've been starting to see a ripple effect of, uh, of players opting out. And I'm talking about the college division. 
The first one was Caleb Parley out of Virginia Tech, who I felt was going to be the top corner. A lot of people had Patrick Chertan, uh, the second from Alabama. But uh, Caleb Farley decided to go ahead and opt out this year. And I think Bateman, who we just talked about uh, with Walter on the, uh, on the zero blitz draft coverage, Bateman was, I believe, number two on his on his on his actual uh, top board. Yeah, well, no, on his top wide receiver list. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so on that one, he had uh, Bateman number two, uh, and it's crazy because I I believe it was Bateman who just opted out. So let's just hopefully, man, uh, it's it's hard, right? Because I mean, yeah, because I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of. Um... A lot of teams have announced that they're not even going to – I thought it was going to be 25% um, capacity or something, but a lot of teams are not even going to allow fans in this year. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's best that way. You know what I mean? It's just – it's about the safety of not only the players, the coaching staff, and all the employees, but it's safety for us. You know what I mean? And it's just one of those things that if we don't need to be there, then let's 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 find a way that – so we can let them be there, right? Let us – you know, let us let us help them, right? And that's, you know, wear a mask and watch from home, right? So, but Stephen, thank you. Stephen, real quick, uh, give me a dark horse to win the division. ACC. Mm-hmm. ASC North, dark horse. If everything comes together, Cleveland Browns. They have the most Ooh. dark like, horse. They have the most talent. They have the most talent in the division. They may not be the most well-coached. Like I said they got rid of their coach last year uh, because the Steelers um, and the Ravens, you know, are the best coach teams, have two, possibly ho- two possible Hall of Fame coaches uh, with Super Bowl rings. And in the, in the ACC, I mean, I know you said a dark horse, but with Trevor Lawrence leading <laughs> the way. <laughs> Give me a team, though, that yeah. has a chance. That no I mean, one actually, we just spoke. We just spoke about the University of Louisville. Yeah. That off- real, real quick, we forgot to mention that Notre Dame is going to be in play also this year, which is a really interesting nugget. Oh yeah, so they'll be playing the ACC schedule this year. Yeah, because they're 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 independent, but I, I don't know if it's permanent. But I know that they joined just for this. Season. Yeah, they're playing. They're playing the ACC schedule this year because of COVID uh, yeah. to keep it more regional, so mm-hmm. so they don't have to travel. Uh, so far, so ooh, hmm. you can throw Notre Dame in there for sure, but like that's, I said, just the, just just the offense and just seeing Louisville up close and personal. Uh, I went to the game against um, the Nashville Music City Bowl. Uh, I've uh, covered uh, the University of Louisville for a few years now, and I just feel like this year's Scott Satterfield really has his imprint on the team. That, that offense is loaded. Um, another player, Des Fitzpatrick, a uh, tall receiver. He can go down the field. Um, we were speaking of T. Higgins earlier, uh, you know, a big receiver, big play receiver that can uh, high point the ball. So I really feel like Louisville uh, can take that next step from um, – because uh, other than Bob Petrino, uh after Jackson left, um, they took a nosedive. So they took a step. Uh, from that to, I believe, 75-85 record, um, winning a bowl game. So I feel like they can take that next step. But it's going to be definitely on that defensive side. The offense is solidified. If they can get that um, that line in order, I feel like they're a dark horse to watch out for when it comes to ACC this year. Watch out for the Fighting Irish. 
I believe Brian Kelly does not get enough respect that he deserves as a head coach. Uh, I don't either. I don't either. I will say this. The ACC is back and strong. Like, it's just wow. Right? Because, I mean, for years there was the SEC that was just dominating it. And, I mean, kudos to all the all the teams in the ACC. I mean, from North Carolina, like you said, Louisville. Louisville has yep, – Yep, Outside Louisville. of last year, the ACC has really been one of the top conferences up there. Yeah. I mean, look at Clemson. I mean, uh, take let, let, let's just take that one win. Aside from that one win – Trevor Lawrence has a record of what twenty five and one. I mean, yep. in his first two years, that's insane, and we've never heard of that. And we're talking about an ACC team, you know what I mean? So, the excitement is there. I mean, even even with the draft team that we put together, you know, the first choice everybody had was ACC, and I was like, man, you guys, whoever takes the ACC needs to talk to Steven first and foremost, right? Because of your knowledge of the of that. I mean, how long have you you that, that's your alma mater? I right? think it's uh, uh, my alma mater, and I've been covering I've been covering U of L for five years now, and I was in the sports information department when I was at U of L, so I kind of you know know a few things, yeah, yeah. a few behind the scene things as well. So I'm kind of really um embedded in the in the culture and the team at, over there at U of L. Yeah, w- one of the most entertaining games last year was North Carolina versus Clemson, mm. and I believe. Clemson, you know, barely put, pulled it off by a point. I thought Mac Brown was going to, you know, throw in that, that surprising win. Uh, yeah, I did too. Um, like I said they played them real tight. UNC got a uh, got a very strong uh, recruiting class, as Jerry mentioned earlier. Um, they have one of the best quarterbacks coming in, coming back um, into the fold. So you, it's just like I said, Clemson is just is just Clemson. They're head above. Uh, head and shoulders above um, all those teams, uh, but I feel like I feel like the ACC had a down year last year. But with Mac Brown returning uh, a lot of talented players, with um, Louisville returning a lot of a lot of players, Louisville uh, has played Clemson close before. They know uh, you know how to get there. The culture is there for them um, to compete at a high level. When they had Lamar Jackson, they was on national TV, top ten, um, top ten. Um, in the AP rankings and uh, and that forth. And then um, just another thing, speaking of culture and stuff, Virginia Tech is always going to be a tough out. Uh, Frank Beamer may not be there, but Beamer Ball is still there strong. Um, that culture of defense and uh, just gritty play is always there. Mac Brown's there. Florida State can turn it around. So you have uh, teams that are usually, you know, at the forefront of college football. So I feel like, yes, ACC had a down year. But this is going to be a year uh, that the ACC returns uh, to prominence. And it may not be, you know, the SEC, the best of the Power Five conferences, but you can't put them down there at five. They're going to be uh, – they're going to have something to say this year. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. And, you know, we appreciate all the hard work you do for the eastwestfootballnetwork.com website. And, you know, I appreciate all your knowledge. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, thank and, you for having me. Yes, sir. And, and you said coming soon to YouTube also with us. So – so watch out for that too oh also also yes uh we're about to really put out some great work great content uh staying tuned for better things to come yes sir all right steven thank Thank you so much thank you for having me talk soon thank you and that's going to go ahead and wrap it up for the east west football podcast again special thanks to terry on rogers steven patrick for coming on for all your latest news and updates 
Make sure you visit our website, eastwestfootballnetwork.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast and also our new YouTube channel, East West Football Network. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Hey guys, it's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric Hass Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music. Welcome to Transforming 45, the podcast that celebrates the incredible power of passionate voices. I'm your host, Lisa Boat. Join me in conversation with heart-led humans who share their deeply personal stories of transformation. Transforming 45 is here to uplift, connect, and remind you that it's never too late to write your next chapter. So get ready to be inspired, empowered, and transformed. Join me in this community where through powerful storytelling, we heal and reclaim our inherent magic. Electric acid. Electric acid.